We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wow, I can't believe we're here. Welcome to the Tuesday, September 7th edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartle. Alongside me, as always, on Tuesdays is Jake Latarski. We've done it, Jake. We've gotten to this point. We are now, <laughs> what, less than three days away from the official start of the NFL season. This is finally the pre-week one waiver wire podcast yeah. the podcast that we're doing throughout the rest of the year i'm excited to uh finally embark on this with you yeah absolutely i always joke that they throw us into the fire in like july like hey make up some topics and talk about them because <laughs> we need our football podcast but this is really what we're here for this is what you and i have been doing for what two three years now i've done this show for five years this is the waiver wire this is what it's all about this is where leagues are won and lost so uh thank you for tuning in you're already uh taking the first step to winning your league yeah, we had the uh, at least we can pat ourselves on the back with James James Robinson last year. We were pushing Justin Jefferson heavy last year too, and those guys probably ended up being league winners for a lot of different people. It wasn't just yeah. because you and me, but uh, you know we were league we winners were, uh, and possible like one dollar keepers too. I mean, right. it, it exactly. makes a difference for this year and 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 years beyond as well. Hopefully, we'll be able to un- uncover a few of those players, and uh, you know that hopefully, I mean that depends on injuries, right? And we don't want major injuries to occur, especially mm-hmm. now. But we've already had guys. major injuries occurring here, so we and we've got guys that are going to help because of that. So we're addressing that right out of the gates, week one. Absolutely, yeah. We'll get get you all covered on that. And again, throughout the rest of the season, we've now officially hit that point. Every Tuesday around this time, we're taking you through the waiver wire pickups that you need to win your league. Before we really dive into that and some of the other news and notes from. Uh, really Monday and early morning Tuesday. Uh, let's get a word from our sponsors, WinBet. There's one thing here we appreciate at RotoWire. It's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks. I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's newest partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBook is now the exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast, and WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over-unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more 
right at your fingertips. If you want a break from sports betting, head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette, double down on blackjack, slam the slots, or try your hand at baccarat. WinBet is currently available in six states, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all Broadway listeners a risk-free bet up to $500 on your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, WinBet. The exclusive partner for Rotor's Fantasy Podcast. Okay, so I talked about some of the news and notes that occurred late, late last night into today. Uh, normally, as we're doing this podcast, we'll kind of be recapping the Monday game right around there. So in two weeks, mm-hmm. I will be likely hungover and at least very tired after the Packers Lions game, which I will be going to. Uh, you got that one? <laughs> I for sure I'm going Packers Lions Monday Night Football, so I, long as I can convince the wife to take the baby for a little bit. And yeah, you know, I, I, think I haven't I can talked make that work. I haven't talked my dad into giving me those tickets yet. Yet, yet is the key thing. All I got is Christmas Day. I will be spending uh, at the Mecca Lambeau Field to watch the Packers take on the Browns, but that won't be the only one. I'm sure. I mean, that's going to be a good one as well, too. But you know, again, every Monday, like every every Monday night game, we're recapping here at this point. But right now, no Monday night game yet. Unfortunately, we're still waiting until Thursday for the official start of the kickoff. So there's a little bit of news and notes that we can go on to. And you know, I think we first have to start with the fact that Saquon Barkley and Clyde Edwards-Helaire look like they're both ready to play week. One and I assume, at least what we've seen from other beat reporters, they're going to be getting the workload that we anticipate, which is to say, most of it heavier workload than maybe there was reports. Yeah. What, what have you been saying? Yeah, the question is with Saquon Barkley, really, right? Because he hasn't had a ton of contact. I mean, he's basically he's worn the the red no contact jersey for much of practice. Maybe he had some so a little bit of contact this week. Didn't play in the preseason. And the thing is, they turn around and they play the uh, and they play the Thursday night game the following week, right? The Giants do. So yeah. will they limit him? It would seem, I mean, I'd be, I'd be absolutely shocked if he got 25 carries in each of the first two games. Not that they have necessarily much behind him, but uh, I wouldn't necessarily, I'd go as far as to say, maybe Saquon Barkley isn't a top 10 back for week one, just because of that little bit of uncertainty. Yeah. I actually have him ranked outside the top 25. Uh, I might bump up, bump him up a little bit with this news. I, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a situation where they would be wise to play it a little bit s- safer smarter both mm-hmm. with with Barkley and they have a passing game that should be able to be effective enough I mean they certainly yep. have enough weapons around them and mm-hmm. there's gonna be questions at the offensive line with the Giants too and and I think we're not gonna have those answers and yep. really the answers to whether Barkley was worth a late first mid first round pick which is kind of mm-hmm. where his uh draft season ADP is gonna end up I don't think we're gonna really find those answers until a month yeah. month and a half into the season mm-hmm. you know they have weapons too but I'm just looking at the giant step chart on our website right now and granted a lot of this stuff will sort itself out for week one not all of them are going to be out by any means but right now we have Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph both the tight ends tagged with questionable Kenny Galladay Darius Slayton Kadarius Tony also tagged with questionable now those those statuses could very well get cleared up uh Thursday's practice but it's it's a banged up team here and you know assuming Barkley goes the touches should be there but we don't know that for a fact yeah and one other thing to point out the Broncos defense is going to be pretty good I would not be surprised at all if by you know whatever it's PFF or some other metric decides that the Broncos defense by the end of the year is a top five top eight unit overall and you know especially the pass rushers whether it be Chubb coming back healthy whether it be Von Miller coming back healthy can they make the difference? Because we know that secondary is very stout. And even the the middle, the linebackers for Vic Fangio's defense is going to make an impact for the Broncos. If you have not already targeted a like a streaming defense for week one, and for me it's been the 49ers against the Lions, I think the Broncos make a lot of sense and are probably available. We're going to get to more of those streaming defenses and mm-hmm. kind of your strategy over the next two weeks as we get later in the podcast. Other week one news to note, we also have – 
uh, DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark, um, Hunter Henry, and Noah Fant all look like they are going to be go good to go for week one. Obviously, different teams, mm-hmm. different situations, but more yeah. more or less, you're saying, hey, the star mm-hmm. guys that you're drafting, they should be available. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness. Yeah, there's not a discussion to be had on each and every one of these guys. I mean, they're they're quick hitters here. DJ Shark, I think, is someone who has been, you know, slipping oddly. If you looked at Mario's underdog column that I tweeted about yesterday, he's been oddly slipping. And I got him for under $10 in a salary cap draft I did. Uh, I I can't explain it. I don't know why. But uh, anyway, he'll be good. I think he's a great flex option week one, depending on your league. And, of course, DeAndre Swift is probably the biggest news out of that whole group of quick hitters we hit because – there was a lot of uncertainty with him for week one. And, you know, the Jamal Williams hype balloon inflated quite a bit. So uh, all these guys are looking like they're going to be good to go. I have a couple of other projects I need to get done today. So it's not, it, it's possible I might miss this, but I'm going to be going, uh, you know, I, I, I love to do this um, on Twitter and just go over all the different rosters I have and the shares of different players throughout that is like, Hey, here's what I had last year is Justin, Justin Jefferson is one of my guys. Um, the year before that Lamar Jackson, I think this year, I mean, obviously it's going to be Trevor Lawrence of the non dynasty and keeper leagues. I think I have him in everyone. Uh, and almost by default, I've kind of completed a Jaguar stack too. So I've been getting a lot of charge and, and you know, if, if he goes off, that's fantastic, but it'll be more because I've been yeah. targeting Trevor Lawrence <laughs> than anything else. Yeah. yeah. Well, fun. I mean, Char- shark's the number one there. I don't, I don't think anybody can question that, you know, at this point in time, I did a little thing. Uh, I did a little survey of my shares too. And of course, Deontay Johnson, who I've been typing up, I have by far the most, but uh, I ended up with more Justin Herbert than I thought. I think I see him in that, mm. uh, in that second tier of quarterbacks where maybe a lot of other people don't see him. So I took him a lot as of thinking I was getting the last of a tier. So that'll be interesting. I've got a little one start against Washington. Yes, yes, yes. I know. I was going to say, I've got a little bit of a dilemma because our next news bullet that we wanted to hit there. Look at that transition. Wasn't it beautiful? Uh, Tannehill is back from the COVID list. Looks like he's going to be ready to go week one. So now I got to decide, do I start Tannehill against Arizona or Herbert at Washington? And that Washington defense is pretty nasty. The more I think about it, they're going to get after Herbert. For sure. And I've got a, a decision to start across like, you know, three leagues now of, of what I'm what I'm going to do. I with would go Tannehill. I know it's kind of crazy to say, especially given the draft compensation mm-hmm. you and others might have taken in Herbert. I'm not convinced this offense is going to look fantastic. The Chargers, at least week one. And mm-hmm. I do feel very confident that that Washington defense is going to be energetic and, and frantic. And there's going to be some mm-hmm. issues up front. Brian Bulaga, not that it's a surprise to us as Packer fans, likely isn't going to be available week one for the Chargers. At least it sounds like he's going to be really iffy. I know they've improved their offensive line, but it's not going to be as dramatic as people might suggest. I would be willing to take Tannehill, especially with that Julio Jones uh, injection into that offense, and comfortably start him ahead of Herbert. I think I had Herbert around quarterback 12 or 13. Yeah. Tannehill was an easy top 10 selection for me too. And that being said, Trevor Lawrence as well. I'll, I'll keep pushing him against that Texans defense. I don't care. Week one start. Yeah. Give me the rookie quarterback uh, over Herbert as well too. Yeah. So there's my biggest dilemma. Of course, if you guys are out there on Twitter, I'm at Roto Jake. He's JB fantasy sports. We're definitely down to help you guys out with questions. And look at that. Joe's got one in the comments for us. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just queued up the one question we have right now here uh, as we're streaming the podcast live. Um, Trey asked do you all, do you all think I can start Henderson and Robert Woods together in a full point PPR? Uh, his bench has Jerry, uh, Jerry Judy, Kenny Galladay, Miles Gaskins, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jam- James Conner, and Tyrell Williams. Um, you know, I think the Woods one makes sense from a full point PPR perspective. Yep. Mm-hmm. I would imagine Henderson would be the running back too. Yeah, because if he's not, you're not asking these questions. You're getting you're getting Holiday or you're getting uh, Judy or Galladay or someone like that in there. So, what's your overall assessment? I'm at, it really kind of boils down to Connor Gaskin or Henderson. 
Yes, yes. So for me, listen, when you have two guys on the same team like this, it definitely maybe limits your your lineups overall ceiling because uh, because obviously not not both Henderson and Woods are going to have ceiling games in the exact same week. But I would also argue that, you know, equally it raises your whole starting lineups floor, right? Because if one guy's good and the other guy's bad, they kind of even each other out. And maybe they both average, you know, 12 points a game, 12, 15 well, on PPR. It'll probably be more like, you know, 15, 16 points a game for these guys. So uh, definitely I think Woods is pretty much a must start until you see him otherwise. I mean, I don't think highly Egality is banged up going into week one. Judy has a ton of upside, but uh, you I know, need Woods to see it def- first. Yes, you're right. Woods is the way safer play week one. Um, you know, Juju, kind of a flex guy. James Conner, a backup. Tyrell Williams maybe emerges into a flex guy. I know he's your guy. Uh, we like him a lot. <laughs> he um, is my guy. <laughs> but, okay, so the, the other thing here is, uh, you know, if you believe any of the coach speak lately, Miles Gaskin has been getting a ton of love. He's mm-hmm. trusted in the passing game, which is uh-huh. uh, which is a big thing for head coaches. Uh, you know, you obviously need to keep your quarterback upright. You're young franchise quarterback upright and if he can trust Gaskin to do that it's looking like he's maybe leaning more towards an every down back and I know we were down on Gaskin before you know there were all various other factors you know Malcolm Brown's in there to maybe poach a goal line carry or two but um, Gaskin's a player whose stock was going down 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 right up until the start of last week and now it's starting to creep back up 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 so I don't know if that makes him a fifth round pick now of course depending on your format maybe there's a situation at some point during the season when you consider Gaskin over Henderson, especially if Henderson loses carries in, in, in that L.A. backfield. But for now, to no problem starting Henderson Woods week one. Raise the floor of your lineup, and uh, you know one of those guys will produce for sure. Yeah, to me, it's it's Henderson or Gaskin. Again, if you're assuming that you need a running back two in that spot, I'm I'm fading Connor until I see it. That's going to be a prove it until I play type of situation. Um, and despite the fact that you know Henderson's going against the Bears defense, I actually am a little bit more worried about Gaskin going to the Patriots defense. Everything you talked about, Gaskin, is 100 correct. And actually, if you were following the the Dolphins beat writers. That hype train that you were seeing towards the last week really had been carrying on throughout most of the preseason. I think Gaskin is going to be a huge factor in that passing game, but I don't like him against the Patriots, so I'd rather have Henderson as my running back too. You know, I'm I'm not used to oh, – well, he's asking Henderson the flex, and if that's the case, if it is Henderson more in the flex as opposed to running back two, I would much rather have Jerry Judy as my flex in a full-point PPR format than Henderson. So, like, let's change it up for you, Jake. You, you get these running backs or wide receivers. You can pick anyone you want in flex or not. What's your call then? Um, ooh, so for week one, uh, let's see here. You know, I, I'm still going to say. I'm taking Judy against that Giants defense. I, I'm going to go ahead and say risk it for the biscuit. Mm-hmm. We'll get Judy in there over over Juju Smith-Schuster, who would be my next guy. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm going to take the floor, and I'm going to take Henderson now that I think about it. Um, I just, again, I like Judy. Have a good season overall. But. I want to see what his usage, what his snap share, and what his target share is uh, in week one. I'd rather take the floor of someone that's getting 10, 15 carries. I appreciate that. And honestly, you know, the pre-waiver wire week one edition is a little bit light on uh, guys to actually pick up. We'll get to a few more of these names in a bit. So I'm not used to getting so many questions. We'll get another one answered here by MP1606 uh, here. He asks, what do you think of this team? Uh, Kareem, well, Kareem, sorry, Jalen Hurts, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery, uh, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, I guess, Another Woods and Kelsey, uh, and this is full point PPR. I'm not sure where the double. Oh, Amari Cooper would be subbed in there. That seems like a pretty good one to me. Uh, you have the running backs. Obviously, the one-two combo and getting Montgomery a little bit later helps, which allows you to get the Keenan uh, Woods and Cooper combo. That's one of the few instances where I've seen Kelsey as the first run selection likely have a pretty good team at running back. But what, what do you think about that? 
I mean, my first thought was like, is this an eight-team league? Because a lot of teams that use their <laughs> first round team, pick, sure. ten team, yeah, okay. A lot of teams that use their first round pick on Kelsey, I've seen have a pretty glaring weakness at one of the positions that needs mm-hmm. to get addressed early with Fab. Um, this doesn't seem to be the case here. I feel like people maybe let Robert Woods slip a little bit because he's not the most glamorous, exciting player, although he's consistently productive. People maybe let Jalen Hurts slip a little bit too, even though he's got, you know, top five QB potential, I guess, theoretically, it's there. We like Antonio Gibson on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anything... I don't. I don't see anything wrong. I mean, I, I love this. What do you think of my team with no yeah, context yeah, at all? M- MP was just trying to brag, right? That's what MP yeah. was just doing in that question. He's like, "Hey guys, look, look at this amazing team." And you know what? I'm all for it. Let's promote the flexing on this podcast. I have yep, keep talking about it. Justin Jefferson and James Robinson from last year. I'm totally fine with that. All right. Uh, before we touch on the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends, you need to pick up ahead of your drafts. Let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, we're back. So quarterback is where we're starting. Again, uh, for those unfamiliar with the show, when we're looking at free agent pickups to to suggest or recommend, we're not going to be that podcast that says, hey, go pick up Aaron Rodgers. He might be dropped in like a four-team league or something like that. We're yeah. always trying to target players under 50% rostered on Yahoo. It's just the easiest way yeah. to look at the roster Yahoo percentage and, and, thing. And ESPN too. You know, those are, you know, there are a lot of other great formats out there, of course, but those are the two most popular. So we use that as kind of a litmus test of, uh, you know, whether guys are going to be available or not. So that might not apply to your 14-team leagues, your 16-team leagues, your whatever else if you are listening to the show. But for the most part, these are guys under 50% rostered uh, on Yahoo formats is kind of our, our place marker of start. So we'll go to that with Jameis Winston, now the officially announced starting quarterback for the Saints. Of course, missing tons of weapons. I've seen the Marquez Callaway hype get completely out of hand, but he is one of your pass catchers for the Saints, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit as well, too, as far as pickups. And he's going to be starting against the Packers in Florida, obviously because of the hurricane uh, displacing the Saints in New Orleans. He's at 43% rostered. How do you feel like Jameis Winston's going to fare against the Packers? I think he'll 
fair fine. Um, mostly because he's going to dump off to Kamara a ton. I'm actually starting to think about taking Kamara number one in one of the drafts that I have in tonight, but I'm going to get to that later. More of a McCaffrey exposure thing. No, I actually really like Jameis, um, unless your league is one of those crazy ones that wants to take away six points or something for an interception. I think we're going to see plenty of his old self. But, uh, I mean, I'm a little concerned about the weapons week one-wise. I know everybody's hyping up, you know, Callaway. His, his, I feel like we should talk about him in the receiver section, but his ownership is crazy off the charts. It doesn't meet our thresholds at all. But if you drafted a month ago and he would have today, easily been available, yeah, to, yeah, today or tomorrow is your first waiver wire pickup, then yeah, then definitely he's available and he's he's worth someone to look at. But Traquan Smith is questionable, Adam Troutman is questionable. You know, a lot of guys, if you scroll through the depth charts, you're going to see a ton of questionable tags this week. Deontay Harris is maybe a factor. Um, obviously, Winston's value rises a ton eventually when they get Michael Thomas back in October. But out of the guys that uh, aren't available, you know, if you need a quarterback two or at least, or maybe, you know, even a quarterback one, I, I think that he's someone that you can viably pick up and play in and out and play the matchups a little bit and get a lot of production out of this year. It wouldn't shock me the least bit if uh, Jameis Winston ends up as a QB one this year that by that, I mean, QB one is in like top 12 quarterbacks. You know, that wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me one bit. He could be in the comeback player of the year running that that wouldn't shock me at all. I should look at the props on that here, but um, oh, that's but like no. plus 2000 at, at, you know, at best yeah. or at worst, I should yeah. say like that's, yeah, that's a way sleeper for that. And, and only because there's a few other guys that are just going to be pretty obvious candidates for that role, mm-hmm. much like Alex Smith was last year when he came back. Uh, I've enough. been touting Jameis Winston as a QB one. Again, you mentioned like top 12. Yeah. Uh, for much of the year, even before it was announced that he was actually the starter, like that meant, no brainer. I was getting shares of him in best ball leagues on the NFFC in round 20. And like, where would he be going now in one of those probably around 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14? It's, it's crazy to think what we've come to I, as Packer fans. And specifically what I've seen in the preseason, Winston is going to carve up that defense. I don't think you're going to see anything remotely close to a viable defensive option uh, for a couple months. And I think it's just going to be, the scheme is going to get sorted out, seeing where these guys get, uh, turnover wise, things like that. I don't think they're going to be very aggressive. So I really believe Winston's going to be tearing apart that Packers defense and whether or not you think there's going to be some added pressure, uh, for the saints to perform well, given their, you know, hometown situation, playing for the crowd, playing for new Orleans. I think that matters too. I really like Jameis Winston as a, like a DFS play this week. I was going to say, there's a nice DFS stack here because if you stack Jameis, with maybe a Callaway or a Traquan Smith that are going to be really cheap, you know, you always want to get the comeback on your DFS stack. So, you know, that makes it easy to put someone like Devontae Adams in there. I think throwing for a 250 and two touchdowns is going to be the minimum for him. And you mentioned Callaway fine enough. You know, that hype seems to be ridiculous to me. But I I even think like Kamara and Latavius Murray are going to both be doing things. Murray's been a Packers killer for a number of years, but he was back with the Vikings too. Mm -hmm. And I, I could see him being a factor whether or not Kamara is pe- catching pass or not. So I like mm-hmm. I like Jameis Winston a lot for this week if you are in a 2QB format. Most likely, as you're entering week mm-hmm. one, you've already got your starter. If you're like Jake, who's debating between Justin Herbert or uh, there was another, like Jalen Hurts plays the Falcons, you're playing Jalen Hurts. Um, but there's a few of these other top 10 QBs. Maybe Winston's the guy you pivot to uh, in these more difficult situations. So the other mm-hmm. quarterback to mention, Mac Jones, at 26% rostered at on Yahoo. Going against the Dolphins' defense this week, obviously we talked about him last week when they beat out Cam Newton, uh, one of the biggest free agents in the market right now, but that means Mac Jones is your starter. 
I'm not eager to pick up Mac Jones this week against the Dolphins, but there mm-hmm. are certainly times throughout the season you can make it work. Where where are you at with Mac? There's definitely a risk reward ups, uh, you know, balance here that you have to take because could he be uh, this year's Justin Herbert? Sure, he could be. And last year, you know, if you punted quarterback and stocked up the rest of your skill positions with depth and ended up adding Justin Herbert later on, that was probably a league winning move. So I'm not saying he is this year's Justin Justin Herbert, but what if he is? So, you know, he, he gets the spot on here. I put him above the two quarterback leaks here that we're going to talk about next for a specific reason, just because he can grow into it. Um, again, I'm not super optimistic on the Patriots this year with the rookie quarterback and not a ton of pass catching weapons, at least at the wide receiver position. So, you know, the long-term outlook isn't great, but if you don't have a second quarterback or if you have, you know, dead weight, like, you know, any of those guys that went on IR and you're not quite certain about that position or you're in a two, uh, I'd imagine Mac Jones was taken in most two quarterback leagues. You would think not earlier, earlier drafts, maybe not. I mean, I think it's very possible yeah. that over the last two weeks, two, three weeks for sure. But if you were drafting in early August, there was not this indication that Mac Jones was going to be the starter in week one by the, by the some point in the season. Sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, that's going to be the key. I mean, this is what makes this podcast tough in particular, balancing the people that did the drafts early August until the ones that are doing it right now, because there are vastly different ranges from that ADP. Let's move over to those two quarterbacks that uh, two quarterback league that you mentioned. So we have listed Carson Wentz, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy G and Tyrod Taylor as like the four guys, obviously the low, low end starters at the moment. So Carson mm-hmm. Wentz is the highest mm-hmm. roster of that group going against that Seahawks yep. defense, which we know has been vulnerable, vulnerable against the pass. Uh, where, where are you with uh, Carson Wentz against that defense? Mm-hmm. I mean, before his injury, I was starting to think, you know, maybe I'd like him as quarterback two or something when in leagues where I punt quarterbacks, I wouldn't feel terrible about going in the, into the season with him. Um, now he's going to be back week one. He doesn't have T Y Hilton. It, it seems like, and for multiple weeks, actually, I believe they put him on IR. So yeah, the weapons are down, you know, can he get by with, you know, Pittman and Pascal and Campbell and those types of guys? Maybe, but they're going to get by with the running game heavily. I just Carson Wentz out of all these guys seems least likely to lose his job three, four weeks in mid season, right. whatever. So that I mean, I mean, because they have crap behind them, right? I mean, like, are you yeah. really jacked to start Jacob Eason? No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he went from barely being drafted or he went from kind of being drafted and late to not being drafted at all when we thought maybe he'd be a pup candidate to now he's kind of back in the mix here. So uh, obviously for your two quarterback leagues, he was probably taken there. Um, uh, There's some value this week against Seattle. It depends. I can't think of too many guys you necessarily bench for Carson Wentz, but just in case he ends up in that comeback player of the year running, you know, there's some ceiling here. So I throw him on here. He was the one that I thought maybe about putting in that next tier, but we ended up dropping it into the two quarterback league tier. Of those other guys mentioned again, Bridgewater, Jimmy G, and Tyrod Taylor. I actually kind of like Jimmy G uh, with the idea the Niners are going to win by 30 against the Lions. They're probably having most at run for two touchdowns, but I think uh, Garoppolo is going to have one of those like 180 and two touchdowns on 85% completion percentage mm-hmm. kind of range. That's like a 15 totally for 18 game because they're yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 times. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's a, mm-hmm. I, again, they're going to be ahead by a significant amount early on. I think that's one of those perfect situations uh, mm-hmm. to play Jimmy G. And it might be one of those few situations where he can, because obviously Trey Lance is waiting in the wings. He's got that finger injury. Hasn't been practicing yet. It sounds Almost guaranteed that uh, that Jimmy G is starting this week. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was kind of doing that. Ooh, I don't know. Maybe I might not play him, but he's he's going to play him. I don't uh, think Trey Lance was even throwing this week. 
Right. No, he hasn't thrown yet because he's got the broken finger or messed up finger right now. But either way, they were doing like the, I don't know if you'll play like, no, you're going to play Jimmy G, especially against the mm-hmm. Lions. Come on. A- Alabama beats the Lions right now. This is, I know you're, you're like scoffing at that, but <laughs> yeah, I, right. uh, don't even this, is, this is a really bad team. Detroit is, and we're going to find out real quick when the Niners eviscerate them. So I like Jimmy G as a play. What about you though? I'm fine with Jimmy G again. It depends on what you got. Uh, two quarterback leagues start. Sure. But I'd have a tough time, you know, getting him in the top 15, which means the guy you drafted is probably ahead of him. All right, let's move over to the running backs. And actually, it's a good jump to another one of our comments from Brett asking, what percentage of my waiver wire funds should I use to bid on Tyshawn Williams? And who do I drop if I do get him? Michael Carter, Rondell Moore, or Amron St. Brown? So I, I pull up this question only because Tyshawn mm-hmm. Williams, Tyson Williams, sorry, is going to be one of those guys probably most picked up in week one. I don't think it's close, right? Especially oh, yeah, if absolutely. Just, Justice Hill, Justice Hill boy has torn his ACL on top of JK Dobbins being done for the year two. You're talking about Gus Edwards and just about nobody else. I mean, it, it was reports yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Ravens were looking at Devonta Freeman of all yeah, people as your they, they brought in Le'Veon running Bell back. and Devontae right. It's like, Freeman Oh boy. If those are the so. options are going down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tyson. No Todd Gurley. No Todd Gurley. He wasn't brought not in. yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Tyson Williams is going to be never a guy that never. you want to roster. So he's at uh 27%, at least on Yahoo, 18% on uh, ESPN. They're facing the Raiders. So Gus Edwards is going to eat for sure. I can see Williams also being effective. Yeah. What percentage are mm-hmm. you putting on him? Yeah, so since first real quick, since I, I wrote this outline last night, Williams is up to 31% Yahoo and 20% ESPN. So slowly rising is more first come, first serve leagues, get their fab in. And um, this is a tough call, right? Because we don't know a ton about him, number one, right? You know, we have an undrafted free agent that uh, the book's not out there. He's just there because of opportunity. And, you know, even if the skill isn't that much, I talk about that skill opportunity balance a ton. Here's what I'm thinking here with Tyson Williams. I'm hesitant in case they sign someone else, and we know Gus Edwards. We're thinking, you know, timeshare split at first because even if J.K. Dobbins was going to be the guy there, right, um, Edwards was still going to get, you know, five to ten carries a game just because that's how the Ravens run. So what can you bank on five to ten carries a game? Is he an actual startable player or is he more of, uh, you know, the handcuff word that we like to talk about for Edwards? So, I think I'm comfortable bidding 17% personally, 17%. And I know that's going to be a little bit low for most. <laughs> what people. a random number, <laughs> 17%. Well, cause I, I think of it this way, right? $15, you know, 15%, right. But you want to yeah. go a percent or two higher. So 17, okay. you know, you're right. That's makes sense. Is, okay. Is what I'm thinking. I will place bids out for him. Now to actually get him, I think you're going to need to be more in the range of 32% or at least 24% minimum. So I don't see myself picking him up a ton unless I'm in a first come first serve league that I can go ahead and drop him immediately. That's a good here. point. So, um, so my thought is in the higher, like higher money formats, I think at the NFFC, I'm in, I'm in two different leagues for that. You're going to have to invest a little bit more in your budget to get Tyson Williams overall. I think there is league winning upside if situations break their way and given the Ravens backfield right now, things are breaking his way where he could be a potential roster guy. So investing 30% of your budget seems aggressive, but if you want to win a, a higher end league like that, okay, makes sense in mm-hmm. your friends and family league. And I imagine most people are listening to this are not, you know, preparing for $200 entry fee leagues and things like that. I'm, I'm a little less aggressive in that in a 10 team league. He's probably one of the last guys on your bench. If at all, it's going to make a hard situation. Mm-hmm. So like to Brett's question, do I drop Michael Carter, Rondell Moore, Amron St. Brown? Like, that's a pretty healthy group of players. I'm dropping Rondell Moore out of that group only yeah. because 
only because I don't know what his playing time is going to look like, but down the road, I could absolutely see Ronald Miller certainly as a talent to be effective. Amron St. Mm -hmm. Brown is going to be in a situation to be a PPR threat right away, which is the only reason mm -hmm. I'm keeping him around, but that it's a difficult situation already. And that's mm -hmm. like a 12 team league. I imagine. I 100% agree with you when uh, you say you should cut Rondell Moore. Um, again, number four on the depth chart here. I, I I just don't see it. I don't see where the hype for him has come. This is a five foot seven guy, you know, who is fourth on his team in on the depth chart in a rookie season. You know, he might get a carry here and there, might get a couple slot targets, but I just don't see him being a viable part of this offense. And I don't, I don't know if he can physically hold up in the league. So yeah, and he's running the the five yard uh, curl yeah. routes by Cliff Kingsbury too. It, it, explain to me why everyone's drafting him. AJ Green's dead, um, and they don't like Christian Kirk. That, don't like that's Christian. how I would say it. You know, th okay. those two reasons. I, yeah, I guess if you had to do it. See, I like like what you said. Amon St. Brown actually has a path to targets here. You know, because uh, what Quintez Cephas is number two on their depth chart here. I, I'm okay with him. How dare you, you Tyrell Williams is. Tyrell well, Tyrell's Lee. one. You're right. I was going to say Tyrell's number freaking one. Unless you <laughs> unless you count TJ Hawkinson. Tyrell's one through five. What are you talking about? He's going to be amazing this year. Yeah, no, exactly. But uh, so, I mean, at least Emron St. Brown has, there's a viable path to getting a couple targets. And I just, I don't see Rondell Moore ever being fantasy relevant this year. So in that case, yes, I'm, I'm bidding. I don't know, 20%, give or take three or four, depending on how bad you want him. I, I just don't see, like, I don't think you can buy Tyson Williams and then pick him up week one. And the, I mean, I'm sorry. And then start him week one. Right. He, he does. Right. Are you confident enough to flex him week one? I just, I, I don't see that at all. No, no, I, I completely agree with you, but he has more league winning upside than I think a Rondell Moore does even in the right situations working for more. I'd rather have Tyson Williams and, and does now turn into that very clear, uh, backup handcuff, whatever word you want to use for Gus Edwards. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of quick hitters for the running backs, too. We have Tony Jones, who really got a lot of uh, sway over the last two or three weeks with the idea that Latavius Murray was going to be cut. Well, Latavius Murray's on the team. Tony Jones is on the team, so therefore Jones has kind of fallen off. He's at 6% rostered on Yahoo, even less on ESPN. Again, going against that sieve-like defense of the Packers. And you have Wayne Gallman, uh, who was cut by the 49ers and then signed by the Falcons, immediately falls into a situation where he actually might not be that bad of a roster at 4% on Yahoo, 5% on ESPN against that Eagles defense. Week one, of course, Mike Davis, your obvious starter for the Falcons. Both of these guys are pretty clear backup candidates. I would much rather have Wayne Gallman. I think he's got a very much easier path to playing time than Tony mm -hmm. Jones, but I haven't seen the same hype for Jones and others have. So maybe I'm just a little bit lower than I should be. Yeah. Gallman was at least serviceable in a handful of games for the, games for the Giants last year after the Saquon Barkley injury. I'm by no means advocating picking Gallman up because you definitely can't pick him up and start him week one. He's interesting after the Falcons, you know, obviously Mike Davis is their number one guy. They're going to lean on him. Uh, and they parted ways with this. Uh, I'm going to Quadre Olson. Quadre Olson. Allison, there's Allison. an eye in there. Yeah. Allison, yeah. Allison, yeah. Quadre Allison. Okay, so they parted ways with him. Who, uh, you know, that was a confusing move to a couple of our analysts over here. But you know, and nonetheless, that makes him the number two. Again, not a guy you pick up and start week one. Neither is who's Tony the Jones. only backup for the Fal for the Falcons yeah. besides that, right? Like it's it's Cordero mm -hmm. Patterson. If Cordero Patterson's your third string running back. You are very clearly going to have some value if you are Wayne Gullman as the backup to Mike Davis. That's the bigger key to me, right? Yeah, you know, you know that, and that's fair enough here. Uh, sure, you know, I'm surprised they haven't tried to sign anybody or try the to. The Falcons Devontae are Freeman dumb. That's right. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I don't get this, but 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 in any case, I don't know. In the end, you look at the player, and it's Wayne Gullman, and okay, he, you know, he's, it's very, it's a very vanilla move here. Now, Tony Jones, we don't know much about. Could he be good? 
yeah, he could possibly be good. I think Tony Jones carries a little bit more, you know, higher risk, higher reward. Um, somebody that, you know, if something were to happen to Kamara, suddenly that role could uh, could go nuts because, yeah, Latavius Murray, you know, that he didn't get cut. He made the team. But the fact that those reports were floating around definitely made it seem like Tony Jones was coming up the depth chart. And he would be, you know, in the event that Kamara misses a game or something, I think he would almost be a similarly attractive player to Murray. Murray probably gets the goal line carries, but who knows? Maybe Jones is a little explosive and can uh, can do some damage here. So these are guys that you can't pick up and start week one. But if you drafted a month ago, you've got some dead weight on your roster, almost certainly here. I got to make a J.K. Dobbins move this week. You know, if you drafted T.Y. Hilton at the end or something like that, you know, there's a lot of situations in which you might have dead weight on your roster. I mean, ETN, of course, and if you're doing waivers this week, some leagues are deeper and you're going to have a hard time. You know, make one, $2 bids on these guys. It doesn't cost you much or it doesn't cost you anything, really. And it's someone to stash on your bench that could have more upside than a guy who's sitting on IR. That's the point that we're trying so to I'll make. So I'll give here. you I'll give you a situation quick, then we'll move on to the wide receivers because we have plenty of questions rolling in. We also got <laughs> things left to do on our breakdown for today. I drafted Xavier Jones in enough places that I'm like, all right, you know, the backup to the Rams got placed on IR. It sounded like one of those we're just going to protect this guy uh, situations. Maybe Xavier Jones comes back and plays at some point this season. That's the easiest roster spot for me. And there are a ton of those running backs. Uh, Gerald Dokes was another guy, at least in our dynasty format for the, the Dolphins, like a fourth string guy that got cut. Okay, great. I will pivot to a um, you know a guy like Wayne Gullman right away in those instances as my last roster spot, somebody who has the potential to go off if a situation works his way. And I like that more than Tony Jones, even though they are the same type of player. So, mm-hmm. um, before we get, yeah, before we get to the wide receivers, a word from our sponsors, fantasy stand playing fantasy sports is so much fun, but once you dive deeper fighting against other players for a percentage of the pot, well, there might be sharks. Even when your fantasy team crushes it, those skilled pros may leave you without a single cent. Luckily, the days of having a great score and not getting loot are over with fantasy stand. You're playing against the house. If you reach the threshold, you win. It's that simple. To participate, choose a free or paid entry contest in the lobby. For salary cap, you have to pick nine players while staying at or under the salary cap. And for pick them, you simply pick one player from each tier that they're presented with. Done. Now sit back and watch the results to see if your fantasy team has what it takes to stand up from the rest. Come out as the highest score. We'll get ready for additional prizes. So where do you stand? Visit fantasystand.com to sign up today. We have a lot of questions regarding streaming defenses. Guys, I promise we'll get to them at the very end of the podcast. Normally, there isn't so much interest in them, but I have a couple of doozies for you, not for just this week, but for next week, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, While we continue through it, let's get to the wide receivers. There was not a lot of depth at running back, but I think you're you're got a lot of buying opportunity at wide receiver. Probably should start first with a guy like Terrace Marshall. You have you have Terrence again. Is is it just going to be called Terrence for the rest of his life? Are you going to be a Terrence Marshall guy? He's Terrace. Yeah, Terrace you know Marshall. What? I think some of that might be the autocorrect. Google Docs oh. or Google Sheets loves to. So uh, Jake's trying that. to find his cop outs already with this. Now yep, he's going to be Terrence March, Terrence Marshall for both you and I for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, the now clear slot receiver. It seems like for the Panthers' offense. Yep. Uh, LSU guy obviously knows the the head, the offensive coordinator Joe Brady uh, during their time two years ago. I love Terrace Marshall. I think the talent is there. I kind of wish he wasn't playing the slot. I I think that could have been more of DJ Moore and the Robbie Anderson on the outside. If Sam Darnold is even half the type of quarterback that you and I both think he can be, Terrace Marshall will 100% have value right now. And at 90% rostered in Yahoo, 20% ESPN, you're talking like 10 team leagues that just are going to have him in the waiver wire. I think he is going to be a fantastic uh, wide receiver five or six, certainly a depth play um, and one that's going to do in mm-hmm. certain matchups week in and week out. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now I looked, this was, this one was featured in Kevin Payne's article. I didn't, uh, I didn't quite tell that enough, but he's got a weekly waiver wire. He does the written form of it, uh, every week on Rotowire. And, uh, I definitely check that out. That's live on the website today. Of course, rotowire.com slash try. You can see below to see, uh, all of our, I'll get the pointing right. There we go. Um, but anyway, so I, I pulled this from there because I've seen everybody's, you know, posting their drafts, all these analysts that I follow on Twitter, posting their drafts and everyone's taking Terrace Marshall in the end. I wouldn't have noticed if it weren't for Payne's article that he's only rostered in 20% of these leagues yeah, here. So because we're always some, taking him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Cause, cause we're always taking him. Now we talked, I don't need to necessarily break down a ton about what kind of player Terrace Marshall is. I think he's got a ton of upside. Um, he was my first round pick in the Rotowire dynasty draft. Um, He's just, I, I was just surprised to see the ownership level that low. And there's tons of, you know, if you're not going to make, if you're not going to go the Tyson Williams route, I would almost say that Terrace Marshall would be over Tyson Williams uh, in in this case here, because I don't know. I just, I really like him as a player and uh, you can kind of slide under the radar. If your league didn't draft him, hopefully he's still under the radar and is someone that uh, can definitely help you out. He's not going to have Justin Jefferson numbers. I think people have to really temper those expectations. Yeah. I feel like I've you okay, fine. If you want to go that route, you can. But I think a lot of people are seeing these rookie wide receivers and be like, oh man, who's gonna be the next Justin Jeff- Justin Jefferson? There has to be situations that work out. I mean, mm-hmm. the Vikings literally had Adam Thielen and nothing else from a pass catching perspective, and they were gonna be throwing the ball often on these plays that were going to be in favor of the wide receiver because Delvin Cook would always do well on a play-action basis, right? Like, you you have to, mm-hmm. as a defense, focus on Delvin Cook first. The same doesn't really apply for the Panthers. They have Robbie Anderson, who's an established guy. They have DJ Moore, an established guy. You have Christian McCaffrey, who does really good. DJ Moore, an established underachiever. I had him last year. It was brutal. Fine. <laughs> you, can, you can call whatever you want, but he's established enough for that offense. That isn't going to be the situation that Terrace Marshall walks into. Nevertheless, he is a talented guy given a role that has value in the NFL. That's mm-hmm. all that needs to be said for a reason to have him above 20% rostered at yeah. the moment. Yeah, yeah maybe I, maybe you don't see a week one, but you know, week five, six, Odell Beckham-like breakout where he shows you something with his hands. Now, the volume was never huge at LSU, but he, you know, back-to-back years with double-digit touchdowns despite catching less than 50 balls both of those years. So, you know, at a 20% plus touchdown rate, um, he'll find a way to score. He'll find a way to produce. Yeah, I, you say Odell, and then you know you're like, oh, maybe he could be just temper your expectations, everyone. Jake is going off the crazy train. I can't help you there. I mean, he's not going to be doing that mm-hmm. necessarily, but you should have him in your roster just in case he ends up being mm-hmm. a pretty clear wide receiver three. I think that's yeah. like best well, case okay. scenario. To go back to that last question, like I have him way above Rondell Moore and way above Amron St. Brown, like significantly above both of those guys. So that you were, you know, that 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 our our last questioner was thinking about dropping there. So I don't know. That's just that's where I place him. Yeah, you had broke you had broke up a little bit there, but you you'll take Terrace Marshall over Rondell Moore. You'll take Tyson Williams over Rondell Moore. Would you take Paris Campbell over Rondell Moore at eleven percent rostered on Yahoo right now, thirty eight percent on ESPN, which is weird. You now have a healthy Paris Campbell going against that Seahawks defense. We talked about Carson Wentz and his value. I will say this: I got into a pretty good argument. Uh, there's never bad arguments on on SiriusXM, but a good argument with Mario on the Friday show. He was campaigning that. Paris Campbell is the number one wide receiver for the Colts, not Michael Pittman. I think Pittman's pretty good, but he was saying, well, everyone just says Pittman's already the number one. That's why you're not realizing Paris Campbell is. We got to see Paris Campbell be healthy, and he's also going to be an outside wide receiver, at least initially, compared to Zach Pascal in the slot, mm-hmm. which is what the Colts depth chart revealed. Yeah. I think Paris Campbell is certainly worth rostering more than mm-hmm. 11%. But maybe not more than thirty-eight percent, which I need to be. Yeah. It's weird the ADP difference. This is a team that's going to be based on short passes significantly. So how much does that leave really for the outside receiver? 
Um, I I don't see it. I mean, I'd rather so here's what Paris Campbell is to me without T.Y. Hilton for the first couple weeks. He is a safe, not super exciting place. So you get him for the first couple weeks. For, you know, maybe he gets six to eight targets, catches five or six balls, gets you a serviceable PPR score to, you know, drag your lineup along and keep you somewhat competitive as opposed to, you know, taking a zero at that position here. Paris Marshall, on the other hand, is someone who I see has high upside breakout opportunity. I just don't see with Paris Campbell. Very rarely do I disagree with Mario. Um, I just don't like the team setup for that. And, you know, and, and again, the injury risk too. So, uh, again, take it with a grain of salt because Mario's probably smarter than this and me, but uh, I, I'm, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, many people have lost money betting against Mario. I actually did decide to make a bet with him on that, although we haven't mm-hmm. really actually, you know, figured out the qualifications for it. Doesn't matter. He doesn't like our Culver's. He doesn't like our Culver's boards bet that you and I do all the time. I don't so. think he eats meat, so that, that that's that's the oh, issue. That <laughs> <laughs> makes some sense. Um, okay, so other wide receiver Nelson Aguilar at thirty percent roster, thirty five percent, I should say, on Yahoo. About the same in ESPN against the Dolphins. We have Nikhil Harry on IR. Bill Belichick was talking nice things about him, despite the fact that he was asking for a trade only a month prior. You have Jacoby Meyer, who I'm surprised is actually rostered him over 50%, doesn't meet our qualifications mm-hmm. in both formats. But I think Aguilar is also a situation that needs to be near that point. I, you know, again, you and I both don't like the Patriots. I think everyone else is uh, aware that the Patriots are not one of our favorite teams, especially offensively. But Aguilar is going to have a pretty significant role, and I think is a deep threat specialist mm-hmm. on that team. That matters when they're going to be running the ball quite a bit and likely will have some play action opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Aguilar last year with the Raiders, it was the second most targets of his career, the third most targets of his career, but he tied for the most touchdowns with eight and uh, had the most yards. He was, you know, it was his best yards per catch year ever. Now, you know, you could call that big play dependent, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that's maybe figured something out at the age of 28. He's definitely not past his prime. Um, I trust Belichick to sign the right players. Uh, in this situation and Aguilar was less exciting with Cam Newton based on what we saw of him throwing the ball last year and now you know there's uncertainty and you kind of you just you just bet on that uncertainty and maybe one of these these bets pay off so you know Aguilar is a is a good player I think to me he's at he's more established than a guy like Jacoby Myers so you know there's a lot he's a lot better than a lot of that other dead weight or unknowns you're carrying at the bottom of your bench there and maybe he turns into something because if he even mirrors last year which might be a little bit of a stretch but i mean last year 48 catches 896 yards and eight touchdowns that's more than a rosterable player for the entire season here and his circumstances have just improved incredibly so i think he was a he was an option at least to include on this list so just to reiterate you're taking nelson Aguilar over rondell moore uh yes you're taking paris campbell over rondell moore that's when where it depends on team needs. Do you need a guy to flex week one out of desperation, or do you want to hold on and maybe think about upside just in case Rondell Moore proves me wrong? So it depends if you need a spot to fill week one or not. Okay. I, I think it's important. There there has to be a, a line for somebody. And, you know, we're more or less picking on our, our guy Brett here. But I think this is a situation where we're trying to outline who would we rather have in these situations so you could play it out uh, as well for your leagues out there. And if you are drafting today or tomorrow, can have the situations in the back of your mind. Tight end was also a little bit um, thinner, and and it will be throughout most of this podcast year uh, when it comes to different pickups. I think there's a way to capitalize on the Irv Smith news likely out for the season. Uh, The Vikings then traded for Chris Herndon, I think for like a fourth-round pick or something like that. But they also have Tyler Conklin around. Our guy Jerry Donabedian has been saying Tyler Conklin's going to get decent amount of targets. He's out there blocking 90% of the time. By default, he'll be pass-catching. And we know Chris Herndon – has been disappointing during his time, his tenure with the Jets. 
one of those two, I think, could be a tight end too, especially if you're in like a two tight end league or a super flex league that needs tight ends out there. I like one of them to do enough this season, but I'm not sure which one I like more. So mm-hmm. can can you talk me into one direction or another? Yeah, you know, maybe uh, maybe Herndon's the better pass catching athlete, but uh, Conklin is going to get the work early. I see him getting the three down work early. He was the guy that they went to, you know, with Kyle Rudolph pretty much out last season. He got his first touchdown. I mean, the most he's ever had is 26 targets in a season, and that was last year. So theoretically, the fifth round pick out of Central Michigan here is ready to take that step up. 26 years old, um, he'll get it, he'll get the first chance as the incumbent. And um, does that mean? He's someone that you pick up and start over most of the tight ends. Um, probably not, but he could develop into something. And with tight end being such a wasteland, why not try to take a chance on the guy early? I agree with you. Um, yeah, especially Herndon. I, I, I'm I'm with you on that one. I think the upside for Conklin's a little bit different, but it's hard to. I want to see it. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting week one situations. And, you know, when we do this podcast next week, we'll probably be having completely different thoughts and like overreaction uh, Tuesday. We'll, we might as well name our podcast that for next week. But I'm excited to see where a lot of these situations end up going and usage rates. And of course, you can go on rotoware.com slash try for a 10 day free trial. See all of the different stats and uh, things that pop out there as you go through different player profiles. I think of the the snap counts, route run, things like that, that are, are really relevant information that you can have out there, too. So uh otherwise on the tight end news evan ingram and kyle rudolph are both uncertain for week one ingram's dealing with a calf injury rudolph is still dealing with a foot injury that kept him on the pup list for most of the preseason um and and again we talk about the the giants offense as a whole with saquon barkley it's it's i think the pass catchers are gonna be the most important thing which is tough because the broncos defense is pretty good at stopping the pass catchers Mm -hmm. yeah no i i wrote that note down on here with ingram and rudolph being both questionable just because you know, I, I'm not saying jump on Caden Smith is the only guy left, but you know, we serve some pretty deep leagues, so you never know. But I think, <laughs> but I think it w- was Ingram. One of those two guys was trending towards playing as of as of when it's I last Ingram. Played. I think, yeah, yeah, Ingram is starting to look like he'll be able to play. So maybe that was a little bit of an updated bullet point. But you know, just throwing that out there, Ingram will be like this all season. So if you wanna if you wanna gamble and play that mess, then go for it. Right there with you. Um, one last word from our sponsors, Vivid Seats. Preseason football is wrapped up, and we're ready for the regular season to kick off this week. Live events are making a comeback, and there's no better place to be than Vivid Seats to get back to the action. So grab your NFL tickets and cheer on your favorite team from the stands. Man, that does feel great to say. Even better, they just launched a new and improved rewards program with free tickets for every fan. Earn rewards, ticket upgrades, and perks just for shopping. If you're looking for tickets to the game, your favorite artist, or that new show everyone's talking about, Vivid Seats has it all. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Visit Vivid Seats. Experience it live. We actually uh, are using Vivid Seats, my, Vivid Seats, my wife and I, to go see the Michael Bublé concert, which was uh, oh. rescheduled from last year's pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are now seeing it yeah. next week, <laughs> Tuesday. So, I, used, I, used Vivid, I used Vivid Seats on Saturday. My brother and I couldn't believe it. We got uh, for the Badger-Penn State game. Obviously, that the outcome didn't go as we wanted to. <laughs> but we got 50-yard line, row nine for 130 wow. bucks. Wow. Uh, 130 bucks a pop that included all the feeds. He, he woke me up at 630. Hey, should we buy these? Should we buy these? <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I walk into the stadium drunk later and I'm like, whoa, what did we do? This is awesome. Um, yeah, so, th- that's you know, great. That is fantastic yeah. value. I will say that the Michael Buble tickets, not nearly as great a value. Uh, <laughs> and, and also like when we bought them a year and a half ago, 
we didn't have a kid. She wasn't even pregnant at the time. So it's just kind of a weird situation <laughs> that, all right, now we got to find a babysitter to go see Michael Bublé when we're, you know, that's one of my wife's favorite uh, artists out there, probably the favorite. So I'm looking forward to it too. That's only my second concert ever. How, how embarrassing is that? That this will be your second part. concert ever. Second concert ever. Yeah. You probably have like 200, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's one many. of those things where uh, I go every I just, chance I get. I, I shouldn't reveal it to people because they I always get mocked mm -hmm. for it. But uh, mm -hmm. rounding out the rest of the show, we have some streaming defenses, and it's great because we've had a few questions. Carlos is God. Uh, want to know what or who of these defenses would you pick? A Panthers defense or Browns defense? He has the Chicago defense currently going against the Rams. Uh, we have on our outline here Jacksonville going against the Texans and Vikings against the, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Jackson was at 3%, which makes sense, and Vikings at 24, less so. But in this situation, would you rather have Panthers D uh, or Browns D? Browns going against the Charge, or I'm sorry, Chargers Chiefs, and the Panthers defense, I want to make sure I have it pulled up here, uh, going against the Jets. Okay, so you, you got to throw out the Browns against the Chiefs, right? Is that even a – that's even a question. So toss I think maybe for right the away. sacks, you could get like a two points for the sacks, get six points maybe. I guess it depends how, how many points you lose for, you know, giving up 38 points. So <laughs> I, I don't care. Nobody can stop. I agree. Okay. Um, okay. So that now, we're, now we're looking at the bears. Um, you know, you know, they've got some big playability here, but uh, oh, I guess you got, it's not golf anymore. It's Stafford, but they know plenty of Stafford. No, I think the, uh, the automatic pickup here is the Panthers um, because they're the home team and they get a rookie quarterback in the jets here. And, we know we know what a mess the Jets have been for the last couple of years. I think you got to go Panthers here. All right, well, let's play this out then. So Brett's asking about the Colts, Vikings, Jacksonville, or Falcons defense, uh, and and you were discussing as well, like the Vikings defense against the Bengals. I think of that group, I would take the Vikings, Falcons against the Eagles, Jacksonville against the Texans, Colts against the Seahawks. Like I don't want the Colts defense against the Seahawks. I think the Vikings makes the most sense uh, in the situation. See. Yeah, no, they're both. It's between the Vikings and the Jaguars for me, and those are the top two teams I wrote down as streamers because the Vikings only at twenty four percent owned, Jaguars at three percent owned. Um, man, you know that's really a toss up. They're both road teams. Normally, I take the home team in that situation. Um, I'm gonna look to see. It could come down to me something as easy as the lower over under of the week, and it's gonna get there. So I'm calling those odds up now to see if I can find that. But. Um, Oh, well, I'll still, while you're looking that up, I'll still take the Broncos against the Giants if the Broncos are available. And I have to imagine in a lot of situations they might be. Uh, I'll take the Broncos over every one of those defenses. They're a top 10 defense for me this week. Um, do, wait, do you have the odds before I, I was going to go into my week two spiel because I'm excited for that? Let me see here. So we have Minnesota and Cincinnati. The over-under is uh, looks like 48 on that game. And the Jacksonville-Houston is 44 and a half. And I believe 44 and a half, the Jet, I mean, the Jets, Carolina, also 44 and a half. That's going to be the lowest of the week. Uh, Miami, New England is 43 and a half, I guess. So it's not the, but I'm not going to advocate necessarily grabbing a defense. The Denver Giants is 42. But so no, both uh, the, the Panthers, like we said in the last question, and the um, and, and that Jacksonville, you could take either side of the Jacksonville Houston game, to be honest here, because uh, you either got, you know, Tyrod Taylor and a, and a complete lack of weapons, or you have, you know, a rookie quarterback with some decent rep weapons, but uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I'd, I'd probably go, oh, geez, yeah. Panthers, I should have put Panthers on the list to start with. I'm going to put them number one. Um, and then after that, it's such a toss-up between the Vikings and the Jaguars. Give me Vikings and then the Jaguars, but it's very, very close. Okay. 
Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you on the Vikings one, and I'm a little bit worried about Jacksonville. Even though it is Tyrod Taylor playing, it's tough. I'll take the Vikings defense over that. Uh, one one thing, nope. When we're doing this pre waiver wire week one podcast, it's never too early to plan for week two. And I'm saying this now because a we did have a user just ask, can we should I pick up the Browns defense? They're going against the Chiefs. More than likely, somebody is going to either have dropped them after they get annihilated by the Chiefs, or they'll be like, wait, why do I have a defense going against the Chiefs and drop them beforehand? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that's the case. I would be willing to say a top waiver wire selection should go to the Browns defense, if only because they are playing the Triple A team, the Houston Texans, in Week Two, and, if and by some miracle, yep. go ahead. And, and they're at home too, so uh, yes, I could okay. see that. Great. I just have such a hard time rostering two defenses, man. That's the you only a, thing you have a hard time losing or winning. That I guess I think rostering two defenses is the way to go. What are you talking about? Well, number one, I never use a high enough pick or on the, on a defense that, uh, you know, isn't somebody I'm not willing to cut immediately. Maybe this is just the difference in how we play fantasy football. I can't, I can't roster two defenses at once. So to sort of pick the Browns up this week means you're going to carry two defenses when you could grab a guy like, I don't know, Terrace Marshall, who we were talking about or your Tyson Williams or any of these guys that could use your roster spot that could be potential league winners down the road, but instead you miss out because you're rostering two defenses. I get where you're coming from here, but unless I just, you never and see. I think Browns. of a different way. Everyone drafts uh, Travis Kelsey in the first round because they have such a significant advantage at tight end. What if I'm telling you, you will get the number one defense for two consecutive weeks? Draft the 49ers early, they go against the Lions this week. Great. Number one defense already set. You draft the Browns in week two. Fine. You are set now as the number one defense, or you could go ahead and plan for the future and pick up the Packers defense as civ like as they might be, who are going against the Lions on Monday Night Football, first time back in Lambeau with fans for a year and a half. You're telling me that's not worth a roster spot over Rondale Moore? No, no I'm I mean, taking the defense either, every time. Oh, good God. We're, we'll disagree with this like crazy. I mean, look at last year. Miami Dolphins were like a bottom five ADP defense, and they ended up being a top five in the end. You're going to stumble across one eventually and stick with it. I just There's no reason to overthink defense. I'd be shooting for upside instead. Uh, that's that's fair enough. You're wrong, but that's fair enough. I'm not gonna. I'm not yeah, gonna. Well, I'm I, gonna we're we're gonna wrong. agree to disagree. There's no way that we're ever gonna come to a consensus on this. Getting defenses two weeks ahead of time, Jesus. I no. Th- this is the new. It's the new wave. Instead of zero running back, you go 100 uh, defense. Right. That's I'll have a different name for it. But this is clearly the strategy that's gonna be league winning. Don't you worry, Jake. I promise oh, you that. Um, well, that does it for us on the Rotowire Tuesday edition of the show. Obviously, we are now in the waiver wire portion, which is fantastic to say. Uh, we'll be keeping you uh, up to date on our, our win total over under stuff like that that we did uh, in previous podcasts. And uh, maybe when we have more time, we can answer some of these rate my team questions so that we're getting trickling just at the end. Uh, if you I'll ta- have, any- I'll take I'll take Edwards over Ayuk in the flex, by the way. I was going to say, so D- Dylan Harvey just uh, posted a half point PPR week one. Gus Edwards over Ayuk. You're taking Edwards over Ayuk, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and otherwise, if you have those questions and, you know, don't just want to chime into the podcast, feel free to tweet us at JB Fantasy Sports uh, at Roto Jake uh, will be our, you know, obviously our Twitter handles that you can get us at too. I'm trying to answer questions all the time for that type of stuff. So uh, this is, again, the, the the Tuesday edition of the show sponsored by WinBet. We'll be back in next week. Uh, breaking down the Monday night action, breaking down week one itself, and hopefully having some more waiver we'll targets real for games. you. We'll yes. have real games. I can't wait. Help us out. Rate and review. Give the website a try for week one. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, 
but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.